My name is Tomoko Momiyama. I'm a music composer and artist, and I come from Japan. You are listening to Tomoko Momiyama's A Cave Dream. In 2020, Contemporary Art Tasmania embarked on a partnership with Liquid Architecture and Volcanic Winds to present an iteration of the international sound program, The Instrument Builders Project, in Lushuita, Tasmania. The idea had been to bring artists from Indonesia, Japan and Australia together to create new collaborative sound works. Then COVID happened and the project had to be reimagined. Finally, in 2022, Tomoko Momiyama was able to come to CAT for a residency and to develop an exhibition called Listening Within the Opacities of Our Times and Places, which will open on Saturday the 20th of August and is curated by Joel Stern and Lisa Campbell-Smith. Tomoko spoke to me for this episode about her community-based, site-specific composition practice and past projects. The definition of the word ecology is basically the study of the interrelationships between organisms and their environment. And in that sense, I think music has been ecological from its, since when it started because it exists between us, like a courtship song, like someone singing, um, a feeling of love to someone or like a lullaby where um, mother sleeps the child or... Or like we have many work workers, like working music, like not only for people to work with each other, but also like there, there are, for example, like a song where um, like there, there are places where, for example, a farmer works with a water buffalo to cultivate the land and they have songs to sing to the water buffalo to work together on the field. So these, these things, these music that had function to communicate um, between people, it existed between people, and also we have music to um, communicate or understand something that cannot be understood, something that is much bigger than us, like, you know, the music for rituals and prayers and so on. My So my desire is to, as a composer, um, see if I can make music that has that sort of function in today's society because I really feel that music um, is being consumed rather than having this um, this original function necessarily. So I would like to think about the function of music in today's society, especially um, as a means of understanding our relationships between each other and between the environment.
So this project that I did in, in the Philippines, it's entitled Subli Nang Karagatan, um, or a chant for a sea forest. And it's basically music where the sea is the audience and humans are the performers. And together, we humans perform um, this collectively imagined inner, inner sea soundscape of um of the sea, which is which was in front of us, it was performed at the beach, and in front of us was this sea, which was uh, was called the center of uh, world marine biodiversity, meaning having the most uh, species of corals in the world, but which was also endangered. It was critically threatened by multiple developments, including gold mining. And it was even a, sort of a dirty kind of mining. So basically, when you mine anything from the earth, you also have a lot of byproducts, including mercury and asbestos. So people living there are very concerned. Yeah, I made this piece. Um, in the end, I worked with the high school students from the town, um, as well as these elders who lived uh, on the hill. So they're actually from the sea, it goes right up to the hill. And on the hill, there's, there are a group of elders who, were the, who, in, who had inherited this folk dance and singing. It still retained a lot of pre-colonial elements, like their songs, the origin of the songs, and so on. So I organized this project where the high school students and elders visit each other and think about this, this issue that the sea is now facing. And in the end, I composed a piece where all the people who gathered for the music festival, and it was an international festival, so we had people from all over the world coming for this festival. And these people became the performers to perform this music for the sea.
first,、uh, the high school students would orient these human participants about the world under the sea in front of us and what kind of threat they are facing. And all the human participants were invited to be one of the organisms inside the water and make sound as if they're one. Because actually, healthy coral, corals make a lot of sound. You know, they're, they're, colonies. they're, they're colonies of、um, animals, basically. So they, they make eating sound、um, uh, and. Yeah, sound for many, many other things,、um, for excretion and for many other things. And there are also a lot of、uh, organisms living there, all making different sounds. So it's really rich in soundscape,、um, in the healthy corals. But once they're damaged, and I'm sure you hear a lot about it in Australia, of the corals dying and they become all white. Once they die, they stop singing. So, I just read that、um, article when I was doing this project, and so we decided to invite these human participants who gathered at, in front of the sea to choose one organism inside the sea to imagine their sound. And then, together, we make this imagined inner sea soundscape that is imagined collectively and offer that into the sea. Thank、you
During our chat, I mentioned to Tomoko that I was interested particularly in the way she works collectively, taking participants on a journey towards composition. I see art as a journey through which one's perspective moves. It's it's like the art is in that moment of moving or, or being moved. And I think mu- music also is a journey. <laughs> I want it to be not just my journey, I want it to be collective. <laughs> I always want to involve people or more more narratives, more more beings, uh, something that's much larger than me. So that's why and often what I do is that either I bring a group of people together or a group of people are already together there and I work with them. Um, but basically, as I said, if, if there are more than two people, they hear things and experience things differently. So I designed a journey for us to all go on together. And when we share this journey and then share how our perceptions moved through this journey, we find that we have as a community such rich, thick layers of narrative that can share about this uh, journey to other people. And then we translate this, this shared experience of journey into music.
So often the people who uh, join me in this journey also become the composers and they also perform and they don't have to be trained in music, they don't have to be trained in composition, but we collectively compose. And since they perform what they have composed, they know exactly the meaning of everything that, every, every silence, every uh, breathing they do, they have, they know the meaning of it. Um, so it can be very convincing. The project that I did in Jogjakarta in Indonesia, I was approached by a community of informal settlers along the river that flows through the center of the city of Jogjakarta. At the end of 2010, there was an eruption um, of Mount Merapi. It killed many people, many people evacuated. But also, it, it gave up a lot of this cold lava and ash, which filled the riverbed. So even after the, the eruption sort of calmed down, because the riverbeds were raised so much, every time it rained, the city of Jogjakarta flooded, and the most affected people were the people who were living by the river. For many generations, people have come from outside the city to in, in search for work and migrated and lived by the river. So they have a they have this really vibrant community by the river, but they're quite marginalized in that their voice is not often heard. And when the city of Jogjakarta was trying to rebuild its city after the eruptions, the community leaders were quite concerned that the city was not necessarily taking in their voices in reconstruction. And so they approached several networks of people working in different fields in, in academics and in the arts. What the community leaders told me was that they want their voices to be heard, but they were also concerned because there's there are little conflicts between all these villages next to each other because everyone was really having really difficult time with this continuous disaster and you know there's this little jealousy and misunderstanding standing that leads to more conflict so people will be saying like oh that it's so unfair that village got these wires and rocks to stop the water whereas we only have sandbags things like that so community leaders were quite concerned you know if we were fighting with each other then how how is anyone going to take our voice seriously so when I, upon many conversations with these community leaders, I proposed that we do a collective composition project with all these people from the fighting villages and together visit each other's houses and villages and then together compose music of living by, the, by this river. We basically trekked along the river for a whole day um, using the car sometimes also for a larger distance and take note of everything that we noticed, heard and tasted and smelled, touched. And then people from different villages would share what they were suffering and what they were having difficulty with and how, how their relationship with the river. And and then the participants start to, you know, like like some village was suffering from from noise pollution um, of this commercial hotel that's being built, but another village was suffering from this illegal 
chemical waste that's being uh, thrown into the waterway in their in their village, and everyone, half of the villagers were sick because of the chemical poisoning, and some and um, the the downstream uh, village was basically was faced with this issue of the garbage that was all coming from upstream. So people living in upstream never thought about where their garbage was going after they threw it in the river. You know, it's connected, of course, all the way to the sea. They never just thought about it, and just seeing this garbage was like, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. So um, yeah, so we would travel, and and then people started to say like, my gosh, I really thought. My village was horrible, but this chemical waste—I mean, it's really horrible. I can't even breathe here. I'm so sorry. And and then they also could say things like, "But still, your village got this wire and rocks, and we had all the sandbags." So, yeah. But they could say that face to face for the first time. Um, and then we composed based on this journey. You know, everyone took notes of how their perception changed, and then when we write them all down we start to see how our how the how the experience was as a community and we make instruments from the things that we picked from the journey one man had these two pieces of wood that he picked from the river and said you know he hits hits them together like this but they're like wet and they're like rotten pieces of wood so they just make sort of like really squashy noise and he says do you hear this sound tomoko and it's like um yeah not so much and he says yeah you don't hear it right that's my voice that no one hears things like that and then he gets he he has these two rocks from the river and says but hear this and they're really strong sounds of two rocks he says these are the sounds of my heartbeat People find these sounds that make sense, like has significance for them, and we 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 weave these sounds together to tell this story, tell tell our story of the journey. At the end, it became like a twenty minutes of performance, which was performed in front of hundreds of all the villagers from all along the river, and um, me. You know, the community leaders are really good in that, like really on top of it. In that, they invited the media, the academic. Institutions and government people, and after this performance, they actually got them all together to sign an MOU that their voices will be heard in the reconstruction of the city. So, yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, that was quite a powerful experience for me. This has been what are you looking at? This podcast is produced by me, Pip Stafford, for Contemporary Art Tasmania. For this episode of What Are You Looking At, we've used excerpts of some of Tomoko's work, including A Cave Dream, composed by Tomoko Momiyama in 2010, commissioned and performed by New Birth Ensemble in the Netherlands. Sublinon Karigatan, a chant for the sea forest, commissioned by the 33rd Asian Composers League Conference and Festival in the Philippines in 2015. And last, Chode Panamahatiku, commissioned by API Regional Project and Pamati Kali Chode, performed in 2011 in Yogyakarta, Indonesia.
As always, you can find all past episodes of the podcast at contemporaryarttasmania.org.